0: Time for the weekend edition. We've got a special edition this week because my good friend Connor, who happens to be riding Shotgun, again, thank you. Um actually made it to Black Hat this year, so he can comment on things in ways that perhaps these articles can't. <laughs> or certainly his commentary will be interesting. Uh as always. Um so we're gonna it's be talking about Black Hat and ai which was a very hot topic at black hat and um apple and their it was the the opening keynote and their roundabout way of dealing with the eu regulations that were passed recently um
1: whoa pause pause it's not even roundabout okay i'm gonna have a full rant here in a minute but it's not even roundabout This isn't roundabout. This is maliciously complying to the minimal possible way. Going to get a full rant on that here in a second.
0: Well, it'll be a little bit more than a second, but yes, we'll get there is the point. Anyway. All right. So we're going to start off by talking about Black Hat and AI and what some of these... uh, Luminaries, for lack of a better way to put it, um, had to say about it. So, yes, the Black Hat Brain Trust weighs in on generative AI. It was the whole
1: keynote of the opening day.
0: Whether it's a boon or or a drawback for cybersecurity specifically. Um, they're they're questioning whether it will be a whether it will be a benefit in terms of for defenders because all of a sudden you have this extra tool that can be a force multiplier however as soon as the defenders figure out how to use it well likely the FOSS community who are Attackers, in large part. Not always. Uh, Connor and I certainly aren't. Um, but we... Yeah. It, it, it tends to be... Yeah. Big companies so actually, and they're... Hmm? Go ahead.
1: So actually, uh, interestingly enough, they had a whole... Thing on like I said, it was, the op- it was the opening keynote, and this this lady I cannot remember her name right now. She she showed examples where you can actually use AI that's installed on company networks, and give it a, a simple command like, "Hey, can you make me an app?" And it has the resources because big tech has given it such resources and permissions to go and and check the internet and find malicious like. URLs that lead to malicious scripts. And then it will install malicious things thinking it's it's good because AI doesn't have the discernment to check links to see if they're bad or not yet. So what he's getting at with attackers using it, it's already happening. There's already attackers using AI that's set up not to be bad and using it maliciously. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the big keynote things.
0: Uh, and then they talked about AI and the code pipeline which he just alluded to actually Um whether it's Gonna be beneficial Whether it's not It's a mixed bag like most things are Um Yeah And one of the One of the One of the leaders in this Cause this article is based on a A smaller Gathering um, at Black Hat, um, let's see. This was uh, Dr. Amit Alizari, who's uh, co-founder and CEO at Open Policy, and is a cybersecurity prof at UC Berkeley. To put things in perspective here, um, he argues that. The development pipeline for generative AI and just the volume, the sheer volume of code constitutes a giant new attack surface. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, It's not going to be. It's an uphill battle, cybersecurity. And uh, yeah.
1: So, so what well, about that? Um, AI, the headstone workshop on AI, and the way that you can use AI both for good and bad. Because, like I said earlier, AI doesn't have any discernment. Um, I think it was actually the founder of, of that you said the statement. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure it is. Again, I don't remember the, the general name. AI is effectively addiction. Algorithm. So, if you can do anything to do, you do and turn it into a prediction algorithm, you'll get benefit from AI. But, but the flip of that is, if you can take any form of and turn it into a prediction model, this is adding to the quote now. If you if you take any prediction in model, then you can AI. For it. So, an example of this probably problem actually definitely so we're, we're we're literally at the dawn of a type of attack there's already these spinning trying to use ai to do pen um, <laughs> this is this is the 24th century 21st event to the invention of the internet but in this case it's, it's Multi-input AI, because our single or unique input AI has been a while, and to correct and stuff is, in that's a super guy, but this multi-input, so take the voice, voice, word, and do something with that, whereas before it could, you could do that. This is really a big deal, and it's kind of good and bad things to come from it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... Pardon the poor connection, everybody. Um, He's... Connor's in a parking garage, and his connection's not great, so... um what I caught of what he said, and he and I have talked about talked about this last week while he was actually still at the conference. Um, but basically, generative AI as it is right now is more or less just a glorified dictionary. It has no discernment. So any code it finds, it's gonna grab and go, oh yeah, let's put this in the project. This could work whether it's good or bad or indifferent or buggy or not, it doesn't matter. It winds up being messy, incredibly messy. Um, and we have to be we have to be careful. And like like I've said whenever I've talked about AI in the last eight months, <laughs> um, be careful with how you use it. Make sure that it's never for anything mission-critical. Or <laughs> if it is, make sure that you check over it like you would some dumb intern, okay? Don't just take its word for anything. Check it. Like a professor checks your work in college. Otherwise, you will have problems. Um, and... Moving on in in this particular in this particular story, um, they the panelists were ta- were going back and forth about how we could possibly use cybersecurity or use AI to secure against AI. <laughs> um, and I I think that's part of where Connor was coming in with the sort of multi source idea um and it's messy as all get out um and when you're basically running ai to combat ai it's like the it's like the blind leading the blind because like we just said it has no discernment it can't tell what's good what's bad what's ugly and at least not until it gets trained more and that training process can be kind of painful Um,
1: even when it gets trained more even when it gets trained more it's not discernment that comes back to again it's prediction you just make its prediction better it's still not discernment Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember who it was that said this doesn't really matter um, AI is not actually intelligence again it's it's i think AI term itself is 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 deceitful. It's not our intelligence. it's predictions like 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 matt has said it's it's literally super autocorrect, if you will, mm-hmm. for text generation or task stuff. It's guessing what you, what you're trying to have it do. And it's it's not intelligence, not even close to intelligence. Um, comes back again to the lack of discernment. So all you can do is make its prediction models better. And that still doesn't change the fact that these prediction models won't be actual intelligence. They will always just be a prediction model. So that's, that's the issue. The other problem, I think we're gonna to touch on this momentarily, the privacy around these prediction models and the data sets they use right now is abysmal or just not present, depending on the company and the use
0: yeah and yeah it's it's a mess it's a giant mess you, you guys you want to add to that um well i mean we'll get there i'm let's stick with the story for the moment um so then they moved on to whether AI will help or hinder human talent development. Um I've kind of I've kind of touched on this in the past when I've talked about AI. Um one of the one of the big scare tactics for like the open letter that was released in March that Elon signed and a bunch of and Sam Altman from OpenAI and a bunch of other like big name tech space kind of people that was one of their fear tactics that was one of their oh no AI is going to take over we're not going to have any jobs left Ha! Ah, the sky is falling it comes back down to discernment and that's not something I mean as, they as... talked
1: about that in the conference as well Go ahead. They, uh, they said, you know, I can't remember the dude's name, but his great-grandfather used to tell him stories of riding in a stagecoach. And then the invention of the automobile came. And guess what? Everybody was a stagecoach builder, lost their job. But you know what? That's not the end of the world. They went and got a job in some other field or format. So just because new technology comes and people will lose their job, that does not mean the sky is falling. So that scare tactic is quite frankly, it's at nine.
0: Yep. Um, So yeah, basically what they're saying, what they said in their conversation here was they're concerned that it could take out entry level positions in cybersecurity. Maybe, but again, a trained human being is going to be better worlds better than a trained AI because of discernment because the human can actually think for themselves they may not be as fast and for entry entry level probably not as fast but it's just (laughs) yeah Um, it's not something that I'm terribly concerned about even though I'm kind of about to go into that field um it's yeah a lot okay someone in terms of um language work and just writing text this person was concerned about well generative ai taking over because it can just spit out text like nobody's business whether it's going to be good text or not that's a different story and it like connor was saying like i've said in the past generative ai think of it like t9 text back in the day like 20 years ago You guys remember t9 maybe i'm dating myself i haven't heard of t9 in a while i
1: have not no no no, i haven't heard of that in a while but yeah i remember that
0: it that's basically what ai is it's just that on steroids and it's dumb it's incredibly dumb there's no intelligence there it's just oh well in this string of text likely this is going to come next And how many times have we? I mean, come on. The um, <laughs> how many videos have been made on YouTube bashing autocorrect? Like, there's a whole genre yeah, of YouTube point. videos. Oh, there's
1: a whole meme. A whole meme around oh, smartphones and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I fully expect. I fully I, I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't be worried about replacing people's jobs for the next maybe 10 years and even then the job that's going to be replacing. I don't know that it'll ever fully replace that job just because there is no discernment. And on top of all of that, it's going to take a long time to get security under control because Mm -hmm. This comes back to something else. I told you about this previously, but I haven't told our viewers here or our listeners. We're also on the podcast. Um, the CISO for Microsoft is quoted as saying that we should. It, it is imperative to be to to not worry about things or privacy or security issues that can be fixed later. That's that's the culture of the people who are leading this charge on AI. So it's gonna, they're going to they're gonna make it great, but it has no security or privacy concerns built into it. And so that's going to take a whole long time to go and get fixed before it's finally safe enough for some company to say, you know, we're going to use AI instead of, you know, Tim, the, uh, the intern. <laughs> yeah. It, um... It's, it's going to be a long time.
0: And yeah, there there was a question posed whether fewer foundational AI models mean easier security and regulatory channels or challenges. Uh, maybe, but does it really? <laughs> I mean uh, it's I mean this guy Coughlin is a is makes a good point. These foundational models are extremely expensive, like super cost prohibitive to develop. So only the big boys, you know, the Microsofts, the Googles, the Apples, the Baidus of the world can do that, or Amazon for that matter. Like Amazon's AI, I mean, think about how good their predictions are about your shopping habits if you use Amazon. It's terrifying.
1: Well, listen, the, their their AI model is so good at prediction that nine times out of ten, they already know what you're going to get before you know you're going to get it, and they probably already have it boxed, waiting on a shipping label. <sighs> <I>
2: mean,
1: <sighs> they got in trouble for for the way that they have made this AI so good, though. There was a story a while back mm-hmm. where if if you had one of those, you know, home listening devices alexa, also known as an alexa sorry,
0: sorry if we your uh, triggered your <laughs> yeah,
1: sorry about it but if you have one of those home uh, wiretap devices in your house and you were a, a woman and it heard you say things in bed with your partner stuff like you know don't pull out no you don't need a condom anything like that it would go ahead and start suggesting you baby and pregnancy testing stuff in in amazon and if it thought that whoever you were talking with, or it knows your time of month or something, it would even go so far as to start giving you, uh, already have it pre-boxed up. Yeah, you're gonna need plan B. So we're gonna go ahead and box that up for you. We're just gonna wait for you to pay us so we can put the shipping label on it. And they they got sued for that. So-
0: For good reason. There's
1: big money in this. Yeah, there's (laughs) big money in this, but again, there's no privacy or security, or even laws really, on how they make these models. And, and what they do with this data. So Ethics? What's it comes that? Back again. Yeah, it, it all comes back again to because there's no laws on what they do with this data, how they get it, etc. Actually, a lot of companies are putting laws or rules in place that their employees are not to use AI while on the job or on company machines because... Again, everything you do, you always feed the data model, and they're worried that you're going to leak company secrets. So it'll be a long time before I ever seriously worry about AI replacing jobs. Right now, the security risk is just too
0: big. It's insane. Because, I mean, not that just anybody can get into the models, but everybody everybody that uses chat gpt that uses amazon is feeding those models anytime you use it and and it's and last week i covered a story about how they're um rolling out a form like a formalized chat gpt web crawler bot that you can tell to go screw itself but um, you have to tell it to go screw itself. <laughs> and yeah, uh, the fact that you that you need to opt out, that you need to change yeah. your robots.txt file on your website, in order for it to not grab whatever your blog posts are, or whatever images you've used on your site, to feed its monster. Um, yeah yikes so yeah and it was that must have been three or four uh, months ago uh, zoom
1: zoom updated their privacy policies so that way
0: (laughs) yeah I talked about that last week Um, yeah it was basically they updated them back in March and it took a few months for anybody to actually notice that they changed them Because, you know, in order to use a piece of software, whenever there's an, like a policy update, they make you, you know, click through in order to use the software again, right? So everybody just does that, except for security researchers, right? And this guy decided to read through it and found these bits and pieces at the end of last month where basically they it looked like they were giving themselves permission to use video, audio, and chat information from all of their users, unless you opted out. So this- Even if you opt
1: out, unless you're on a business copy, unless you're on a business copy of Zoom, and the business admin opts out for you, if you're just like a free person who pops into a meeting your stuff is not included in that opt out. You cannot opt out. Hmm. You would need a paid account to be able to opt out, and it only affects those who are covered under your paid account. All of the free users are required to allow it.
0: It's Great the terms
1: and conditions.
0: Which is why I don't use Zoom anymore, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and neither should you unless you happen to be paying them. <laughs> you know, there are other options. There's Jitsi, And even there's...
1: then, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, even then, even if you're paying them, you have to hope your, your person who's the admin on that account has selected no.
0: Is actually on the ball.
1: So truth be told, right. So just truth be told, if you can get away with it, don't use Zoom, use Jitsi.
0: Use
1: pretty much anything else, but don't use Skype because it's just as bad. (laughs)
0: Um, Go to meeting. Go to meeting is pretty solid. I haven't heard anything about AI from them um, yet. Um, Then you know there there are other options, and I mean, if you can, like, if you're not needing to record it for for. Posterity or whatever, you could have a a group video call in in Signal for God's sake. If you don't need to record it for posterity, there you go. There's your there's your video conference. Um, and it is about as secure as it can be, about as private as it can be. Well, uh, yeah. Aside from the Give fact or that take, yeah, yeah.
2: Private.
0: I mean, at least at least it's end-to-end encrypted. There's at least that. Um, How good that encryption is. (laughs) Um. Anyway, and then they get into disruption, which Connor mentioned with the in reference to someone's great grandfather who used to work in a carriage. In car- uh, carriage manufacturing, and then when uh, when cars came out, you either those people either retooled and got on with Ford or one of the other auto manufacturers because the skill set transferred fairly fairly well, or you just started doing something else. Um, and is it worth? being scared of probably not Um, definitely not at least not for a number of years Um, I would
1: say about a decade it's going to be about a decade before you should start giving any form of concern to those or or merit to those concerns
0: so yeah it's there's been a a wild west Situation around generative AI and that's Microsoft's fault <laughs> I know so many things blame Microsoft it's easy but how do we how do we get away from it well start using Linux learn it install it start using it not every distro is going to be as solid as others at least in terms of privacy, uh, for instance, Ubuntu. Um, yeah, Ubuntu has major privacy issues because they've been in bed with big tech for years now. This is why Connor and I never suggest that a regular like private user use Ubuntu anymore. Um, but I digress. And finally, they were. They asked. The panel was asked whether they thought it was going to be a benefit or have a positive outcome. And there, uh, the chief tech officer of Barracuda said, that A models, ha- AI models, have the potential to make just-in-time training viable using generative AI." So. You take the raw data from, you know, exploit news. From bug reports. From that sort of thing. And then you feed it into an AI model. Which, um, that's kind of terrifying to me. (laughs) But, you and then use that to maybe create a script that you then use to generate... A, a video is that necessarily a good idea I don't know I kind of feel like it's not um, because then you're likely using something like bard or chat GPT as your AI basis and well you really want to give that much more data to Microsoft or Google i don't (laughs) not if i can help it um okay so moving on to the next story uh which is five cybersecurity insights you can't afford to miss yeah kind of a clickbaity title uh the first one is adversaries shifting to identity-based attacks so um They're finding that 80% of breaches have to do with compromised identities. So whether that's through phishing or through some other attack vector, bad actors are getting a hold of identity data um, and using it to cause mischief, which they've been doing for a long time. But yeah. Uh, thoughts on that?
1: I think Amazon might be part of the thing on. So, on Amazon, you have these things called IAMs, which is their form of security. It all has to do with identity access management and it's very successful and I think that might have because AWS is is the global leader when it comes to cloud-based things. I think that may have actually led to a cult. Everybody's good with identity based access management. A trend, well, if you're a hacker, you're going to go after identity stuff. And so we we World where something that was supposed to be good for for other type of have influence process behind new types of attacks mm-hmm. kind of a cat and mouse kind of deal
0: I mean that's security in general though
1: so that's what I have to say about that um yeah um the problem is is with IAMs and with identity based attacks they can do a lot more just get into your amazon account or get into your aws account um depending on how your your pams are set up for on a linux machine they can have full system access on every device just because they got one mm Mm-hmm. i mean Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's happening. Um, You just need to be aware of it. Um, And do stuff like go passwordless. That's a recommendation I have. Um, My company is in the process of going to that. And really, I think the focus for security people is to go to zero trust. Now, for end users, the way zero trust is. Is effectively you don't need a password for anything because you are the password Um, but at the same time you are the password so you need to be mindful of who you share not just your time but I mean you have to be mindful of what you do with yourself essentially so Mm -hmm. that's that's a way I might mitigate that Um, but yeah I can ramble about zero trust for a while but I don't mm-hmm. think that's that's relevant to this story
0: um, Then they're talking about Well, we'll talk about this more in depth later But uh, the US government's pushing for AI self-regulation Why does yes. that seem like Trying to ask the fox to guard the hen house? Because that's exactly
1: what it is um, while, at, while at Black Hat They did a first time thing for Black Hat They had somebody from DARPA come down And speak to the hackers and be like, hi, hacker. We want you to help us regulate you. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it, it's funny. I got
1: flabbergasted for a solid 15 minutes. I was like, are y'all Are you <laughs> are y'all serious right now? This is, is it April? What the, <laughs> talk about some clown world politics. Who, uh, uh, the other thing is, is, they're black hat hackers, okay? The black hat hackers aren't going to listen to the rules anyway. They generally don't have much respect for rules. So really what you're asking is, hey hackers, how can we set up the environment? So that way, only you have the competitive edge and all industry is is just chained to these rules you guys are going to disregard, but they have to follow.
0: It's like, uh, oh, it's like gun regulation. Yeah. (laughs) we're going to take guns away from the law-abiding citizens uh, because guns are bad. Right. Guns hurt people. Wait a minute. We didn't think through this very well.
1: No. totally (laughs) doesn't make sense. Um, Now, if if they had done this differently, I could understand the approach. If they could say, um, you know, hey, white hat hackers or, or just security professionals who come to Black Hat, we would love your input on how we can regulate the privacy and security of these data models. That would have made sense. But they specifically called out the Black Hat hackers. First of all, what what Black Hat hacker who isn't drunk off their, 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 their hindquarters is going to say, yeah, sure, I go, I, a criminal, I'm going to go talk to this Fed agent willingly.
0: Oh boy, that sounds great. Yeah,
1: the whole, it, it reeked of government ideas because as we all know, the government only has the best ideas. Oh yes. And this this one goes at the top of the list almost for one of their best ideas. <laughs> I mean, I really, I couldn't believe when this lady from DARPA started talking. I was like, yeah, we're going to get your input on how we're going to regulate the hackers from the hackers, uh, huh? Uh, I
2: can see the
1: hackers now. We want we want there to be like a fifty dollar fine if we violate this rule. Um, maybe actually make it fifty cents. I think fifty dollars is too severe. And uh, <laughs> they're gonna get a laundry list of crap. And hell, you know AI might have more discernment than the federal government. So I'm sure they'll get this list.
0: More discernment than through. bureaucrats. Hmm. Yeah,
1: I just just check every single one of them. Fifty cent fine? Sure. Check.
0: That uh, costs the government more to enforce than the fine.
1: Correct. Always. Yeah. Always. The <laughs> uh, I
0: mean, but then, you know, they uh, they've got the big AI firms, Anthropic, Google, Microsoft, and their subsidiary now, OpenAI. Um, well, essentially, subsidiary now. Um, yeah, which is why well, I, which is why we talk about how Microsoft is behind so much of the AI push. It's because well, they spent billions of dollars,
1: literally billions. Hell, I got a whole rant on this. I was telling telling Matt about this in that phone call he referenced earlier. But I'll go through it again, and it's just going to get me hot, hot and angry. So <laughs> hey, it's going to be a fun one um so basically all of the big tech companies took a a for a once in their life responsible approach to ai okay we're, we're we're essentially trying to play god here and what our goal is is to make a computer program that has got at least enough smarts to be able to be given tasks as if it were a person and we're going to give it all of the permissions and all of the uh, stuff necessary to accomplish these tasks which could potentially be detrimental to us as a company so we're going to put it in a sandbox and go as slow and secure and private as possible because we really don't want this to go bad we are playing with fire here and microsoft was like hey we want to get into ai what's that open ai company oh yeah sure we can buy that they send them a couple billion dollars, and OpenAI was like, "Oh wow, that's that's a lot of money." What? That's what great. Can we do, for you? and they were like, "Oh well, we would really like you to do this, that, and the other." And at some point, Microsoft was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is really good. Okay, we're going to release this to the public." What? Yeah, we're going to release this to the public, and uh, I just want you to go as fast as possible to make this better because we want to dominate AI. Okay, but it's not ready. Well you didn't you know what was ready with my check when you cashed it ai so i don't care it is it is imperative to not worry about security and privacy right now we can fix that later
0: we need to go as fast we as
1: we want as, as, as possible as possible here's another 10 billion dollars now make it go faster and they just did it they just pushed and then once they did that well now all the big tech companies have to race to market so, all of there, we're going to go slow and careful and private. All of that went out the window. Now, everyone's just full speed ahead. Fire the, the security team. Doesn't matter. Just make it and make it now. And that's what happened. We have the Wild West of AI because Microsoft spit money and whoever was in charge of this didn't care about security and privacy.
0: Mm hmm. And yeah. That's why we have OpenAI. That's why we have ChatGPT as it is. That's why we have Bing AI, which is ChatGPT, by the way, in case you guys didn't realize. Um, and that's why Google got pushed to release Bard early. <laughs> and Bard which, is a steaming pile of crap.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, I played with Bard a little while ago. They they probably should have stuck with the safe and secure and private one because that retard they let out of the closet is, yeah, put him back in the closet. He's not ready for the sunlight yet. <laughs> uh, t- no.
0: <laughs>
1: Asked it, ask it for something simple like how to bake a cake and uh it'll start getting into stuff like well you're gonna need a full mill because you're gonna have to take wheat and grind that into flour what <laughs> i want a cake recipe yeah you're gonna need flour which means like i
2: have, have flour. flour
1: what I, my someone where is his handler where is your Did- helmet i mean i can't even
0: did, did someone let the resident out of the ha- out of the White House?
1: <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Biden, that's you. Are you behind the keyboard? Look at you,
0: cutie. It's like there was a time
1: for nap time again. Obama said so. You have to go to nap time. <laughs> I
0: can't even. I, I have I have an ice cream cone for you. Anyway, okay, I got
1: an ice cream cone and a toddler to sniff. If you're in your bedroom, if you go, go on. Oh God! <laughs> can't even.
0: And it's like there was a, a Babylon B video. You remember that video? No, I don't know. <laughs> there, they, uh, they were talking about. It, it was all about these AI, these so-called artificial intelligences, right? And this, in the video, it was basically just this poor, uh, this poor nerd in a closet answering all these questions as po- as quickly as they possibly can.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> which is sadly probably too close to the truth
1: <laughs> probably i mean the thing is, is that google bard is literally so bad that i'm i was worried after the first time i asked it to. How, 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 i would like to make a cake from scratch i was worried it was going to start spitting out code to set up you know some robot to make cake from scratch literally <laughs> using the scratch coding language i was like uh no, no, no.
0: That's no. not what I asked for.
1: That's not. That's not it. That's not the one.
0: You know, and and then there's that whole paywall thing. AI, these AI bots don't respect paywalls. No. So say you publish although,
1: a book. Although, pause. Pause for just a second. I don't blame them. Paywalls are stupid, and quite frankly, should be outlawed i don't believe in paywalls one bit the internet should be open and free to all if you don't want your information on the internet here's the novel concept don't put it on the internet put it on intranet just for your people but don't put it on the internet if you put it on the internet it should be free that's my opinion you're not changing it this isn't david crowder there is no change my mind on this
0: (laughs) steven (laughs) steven
1: crowder that's his name
0: um yeah, I, I mean I can't blame. for for me as something of a as a content guy, all right? My concern is like there was a a story I covered a few weeks ago about Sarah Silverman and a few others who are suing yeah. these AI companies because the the AI models literally took their books. And you can have it right as though it were them. And it's almost verbatim from their books. Yep. That is a, that's a valid reason for a paywall. Like I had intellectual property matters. So don't put the whole book online.
1: Offer an option to have it delivered, but don't have have a digital copy available online.
0: But ebooks are so great.
1: Okay, so send the send a USB in the mail and install it that way. I don't care. If you put it on the internet, it should be free. I'm, I'm communistic when it comes to this particular aspect. When it comes to information, information should be freely shared. Period.
0: Okay. Point three from this article. Brace yourselves for the future. Okay. Um in Unbreak. terms of generative AI.
1: Um, no, I can unbuckle. Uh,
0: were, you at, were you at this one uh, when Mark Stutter spoke?
1: Uh, I don't think From so. his area? Maybe. I don't know. You'd have to read me some of the points.
0: Okay, so she argued that with businesses growing, growing interest in integrating generative AI in their workflows, uh, will quickly shift from using external AI-powered chatbots to... Developing multi- multi-modal autonomous agents.
1: Yeah, I was at that one.
0: Yeah, I thought so. Um, so this is where we go from the village idiot, which is current generative AI, okay, to multiple village idiots in a quorum. I say, now we have
1: a whole gaggle of village idiots.
0: Well, it's it's government <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Like the, Um Yeah mob, <laughs> So we need to We need to be careful With this because Once these things Actually get to the point where they're Moderately intelligent like This is they're not even room temp At this point in terms of IQ these are barely functional, super autistic type. Okay.
1: Yeah, I was about to say. I think. I think we're more. They're, they're not stupid in the sense of stupidity. They have a crazy high IQ. They just don't know how to how to do anything with it. It's like like having a, a toddler with the IQ of like Edison. Well, no, mm. I don't like Edison. Tesla. Yeah, Tesla. I like Tesla.
0: <laughs> I mean, that... Not
1: the car company.
0: No, oh, no. Dude. Like the Nikola dude. Tesla. Oh, the,
1: dude. the dude who who was... I wish, quite frankly, if they had time machines, I'd go back and beat the living hell out of some people who who, who abused Tesla. Because literally all he wanted to do was make humanity better and all they ever did was punish him for it. But mm-hmm. hey, such is life when you deal with the global cabal, right?
0: Yep. Because if they can't make money off it, they don't want it. And they don't want anybody nope. else to have it. Nope.
1: Can't have free energy. That's, that's a no-no.
0: Oh, no. no. And anybody who develops no, no, no. something that could lead to it, well, they're going to be in a box soon.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Anyway, but yeah. So I think that satisfies talking about that one. Um, Understanding Adversaries Um, MITRE which is a non-profit
1: attack framework
0: Mm -hmm. Mhm.
1: very familiar with it Uh quite frankly I know it's like really popular right now and everybody's all, all about MITRE let me be honest with you I don't like it it's like security network or or cyber security community notes if you will if you go to twitter elon can call it x all he wants but it's It's twitter Twitter. okay (laughs) change the url and then i'll change my name for it but it's not it's still twitter.com so shush anywho (laughs) uh, it's like community notes on twitter okay but cyber security so
2: or subreddit
1: example yeah, you do something and then you'll get, you know, this has got a miter score of blah, 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 and here's the reasons why. And it's community notes is what it is. And I generally don't like that. Um, namely, because all you need is one village idiot or an AI in this case to look at these community notes and go, yeah, okay, we're going to do all of that. And then go do all of that. And then the process, break all the functionality that your business relies on. So... Effectively, all the all that Miter does, at least for me, from my standpoint, is tell me things that I already know I need to fix, but I'm not currently able to fix. It's like telling a kid that's about to go do his chore of doing the dishes, "Hey, go do the dishes." Now he doesn't want to do the dishes. He's mm-hmm. going to go do the dishes, but now you've told him to go do the dishes. Now he does. Now he really doesn't want to do it. Or
0: same, go same vacuum the carpet.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) we go through this almost every day with our six year old Uh, yeah
1: (laughs) exactly they're already going to do it they don't want to do it they're like yeah okay I guess I can do it soon as the parent tells them hey you have to do this well now I'm really not going to do that you can just be mad
0: so I don't care
1: yeah that's that's generally how I feel about the miter stuff but I, I, I digress go on
0: Anyway, so yeah, they they talk about miter and... Okay. And white hats are creative too! <laughs> okay. Good. We need to be. If we're not, then we're we gonna get to smoked.
1: Be. The bad guys are more creative.
0: If we're not creative, we're gonna get smoked. And there's no point in us existing. Um, so, yeah. It's... So this was a presentation by Carlum mayher uh wooder box and jos wetzels from midnight blue um sharing this talk was them sharing about how they discovered multiple critical zero day vulnerabilities in terrestrial trunked radio or tetra which is a Euro- set of Europeans. St- standards for trunked radio globally used by government agencies, police, prisons, emergency services, and military operators. Hmm. Gee whiz. So, they heavily criticized the European Telecommunications Standards Institute and their response to the findings. Uh, Because, you know, as any other government agency, they want to downplay where they screw up. And, boy, do they screw up. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like any other human organization, unless there's humility involved, which, let's face it, that doesn't happen very often. Um, Ever.
1: (laughs) Name one. Name one.
0: Well, I admit when I screw up. (laughs) But as far as large organizations, yeah, it doesn't happen.
1: Name one. It doesn't.
0: It doesn't. Um,
1: Hell, our government gave people who were in the military, the Tuskegee Airmen, syphilis, and I don't, I don't think they ever actually apologized. They were just like, "Oh yeah, that was, that was wrong." That okay. was something
0: we did. Oops.
1: Yeah, we, we, we did that. Shouldn't have done that, but it's all good. <laughs> we've moved past that. I'm glad you moved past that, but I don't know that they did.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: So yeah
0: and then something else we talked about in our call Defender pretender yep we we uh, had a an interesting conversation that whole, about
1: that whole thing about that yeah that one was that was a packed house. I can give you the gist on it. So effectively Microsoft's signatures are so easy to spoof that uh, you can spoof a Windows Defender update. And because Microsoft is lazy and doesn't want to use their bandwidth and your computers will go and search the local net for other Windows computers to go download copies of, of updates for, you can take a computer, spoof a uh, a Windows update server with a, with a malicious formed Windows Defender update, have it install a virus definition or just a virus, and it'll mark it as a Windows Defender update. Isn't that fun?
0: that's wonderful yeah oh boy so yeah and connor actually did this in his hotel room (laughs) yeah he didn't didn't affect anybody with it but
1: no no, i just scanned i just just spun up there's a whole github repo for it i meant to send that to you there's a whole github repo you can go look for github repos and there's a whole bunch of windows update servers that you can just spin up on linux or, or mac or what have you and find all all these other Windows devices on your network will hit you looking for updates. It's crazy. (laughs)
0: Like, this is why...
1: I I spun this up, and I got, by the end of it, I think I got like 200 hits of people's laptops on the same Wi-Fi network hitting my fake update server, checking for updates. Now, I'm not malicious, so there was no updates to be had. So it would just check, say there's nothing, and it would go on. But two hundred blocks? Are you kidding me?
0: Uh, I can't even. Like that's that's terrifying. And this that's literally.
1: What's that? Someone cue that clip from Animal House where they're they're trying to get into the fraternity. He's like, "Thank you, sir, man. I have another." That's literally what these laptops are doing. Thank you, sir, man. I have another. <laughs> are you kidding me?
0: I mean. This is why this is part of why cybersecurity is so necessary because Microsoft created a it, it, because it's, Microsoft
1: exists that we need cybersecurity.
0: It, it's it's not even that they created a sieve; it's a butterfly net. Yeah, the holes are so big that it may as well just be a frame.
1: It's it's like one of those old school fisherman nets that you can stick a hole, like, you know, you can, you could fit, what's that lady's name? You could, you could fit Lizzo through these holes. Oh, Lord
0: have mercy. I mean,
1: come on now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a joke. And that's, I mean, that's why I'm always on about switching to Linux. It's not perfect, nothing that is designed by humans ever is and ever will be but it's a hell of a lot better
1: <laughs> it's it's really a lot even the worst Linux is better than like the best Microsoft
0: mhm so you can, go
1: take, you can go take the OG Ubuntu ok and I guarantee you security wise it's probably more secure than the most up to date hardened Windows kernel running Microsoft environment I'd, I'd
0: be willing to to bet at that. Yeah, uh, I have no doubt. My, uh, either it's like I've known about the the sad state of Windows security for like twenty years since I was a kid. Okay. Yeah, it's like really terrible. It, because like the core of it you know you you dig back to the very beginning of Windows and specifically Windows with a GUI so we're talking like Windows 3 era the problem is that it was always designed as a single user single instance operating system networking was tacked on yeah
1: 98 no uh,
0: Windows three one one. Three one one. yep That was the very first one with networking.
1: Wow. I think I was thinking Internet Explorer.
0: No, we're talking about raw networking. Yeah, raw networking, Um, no, that's pretty And No, and Explorer started in, I think it was 95 service pack one or two. Hmm. As far as being baked, sort of baked in, and that was what, you know, what became Mozilla, what Netscape sued over.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, uh, I don't know. I know when I was growing up and I was in the computer lab, we would get floppy disks. They had black floppy disks with Windows 95 on them. There was no Internet Explorer there. There also was no Netscape. That, haha, that came if you needed the Internet for something. You'd have to have a valid reason, and the teacher would give you the yellow or golden floppy disk that had 98 loaded on it, and that had Netscape. <laughs>
0: Yep. You
1: put that in the machine and that would load up ninety eight and then you'd have networking. Aha.
0: You'd have internet access. Woohoo!
1: That's right. Yeah. Not um much to be be excited about. Yeah. I
0: mean,
1: all the web pages were basically made in just HTML, which if you're if you do coding, you know HTML in and of itself isn't a coding language. It's a framework. So if you can do a whole website in it,
2: that's that's something.
0: It's it, okay, let's let's define what HTML is, right? Hypertext Markup Language. Right. <laughs> that's what it is. So, yeah, it's just meant to notate things. It's not a development language, anyway. No. We digress. So, point being, that Windows security. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah,
1: that's a. Uh that's
0: a misnomer it doesn't exist um, right so as much as they try to tack on all this extra stuff and with windows there's there's still vestigial code from the 1980s in windows
1: and there always will be because they don't have the uh people to edit that there, there's that, hell we found that out in covid that a lot of uh mainline systems are so re- are so old they're written in Pascal or Cobalt <laughs> oh, Lord. or Basic
2: uh-huh. and,
1: uh, there was a huge outcrying. anybody who knows Pascal or Cobalt or Basic please come to our rescue because these systems are so old that they needed to be updated to handle the amount of people who were claiming stuff and all of it's written in ancient languages that no one teaches anymore
0: yep yep and which you know which bleeds into us not having skilled enough people to staff the tsmc fab in arizona it's all related guys (laughs) like we have dropped the ball so hard as a country Whether it's programming languages, yep. whether it's engineering, what happened? Well, it was planned this way.
1: Yeah, part of that's, because, Well, hell, that's that's half the reason we have some of the other societal problems. There's a reason that there's memes that all women know is eat hot chips, tw- twerk, charge their phone, and lie. There's a reason for that. It all it all comes full full circle. It's societal planning for obsolescence. They, they want you to be obsolete. They don't want mm-hmm. you to be self-sufficient. They don't want you to know how to do anything. To quote the WEF, they want you to own nothing.
0: And, and be happy.
1: That's right. Help, and eat the uh, buds. Bob's daughter said that uh, there's going to be climate change lockdown coming, and they don't care if you're unhappy with it. It so, all comes full circle. It's, it's, it's a single goal been a very effective policy that they've had so far, but again I digress
0: Alright, so back to um, Uncle Sam Needs You um, <laughs> Darpa came to Black Hat and yep. and Connor talked about how he was stunned for 15 minutes um, Yeah, this was the very first time that Somebody some head from DARPA showed up at Black Hat at, after what thirty years of Black Hat.
1: Yeah, something like that. It's been going on longer than I've been alive.
0: Um Yeah, he's he's just a kiddo. Yeah. <laughs>
1: anyway. What he actually means is, is that he's old as dirt. So you
0: know. Uh anyway.
1: Matt sat behind Jesus in the third grade is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Methuselah was his guidance counselor.
0: I so. could take that actually. But anyway, I mean I, I I did have some really old teachers. I did. But that's beside the point. Um <laughs> so yeah, it the the idea of number one, asking These AI companies, which are being driven forward at this insane pace by Microsoft, trying to force these large language models to do things faster and better and kind of failing. Let's be real. Um, Thank God.
1: (laughs) Kind of failing. Do we need to replay what we just said about Bard?
0: <laughs> um, bake
1: how do I make a cake from scratch? Well you're gonna need a steel mill because you're gonna have to build a regular mill and you're gonna also need a farmer with a lot of grain because you need flour. What? I huh? just want to bake a bacon cake. Yes. I, I would estimate it's gonna take you uh construction. It's gonna cost you a couple hundred thousand and you'll probably not be ready to make this cake for at least 20 years so how bad do you want this cake you know it might be cheaper to just go buy one at Walmart thank you Bard very useful appreciate it
0: oh boy so yeah the and then they're asking these companies to provide framework for regulation for themselves but then again the government itself is so far out of touch Number one that they would think that this was a good idea to begin with, like really? Uh, foxes and hen houses. We said this earlier. Um, that idea
1: went to the top of the pile. I mean, like to top of the pile.
0: But then we have to remember that many senators are septuagenarians and octogenarians. They're beyond retirement age, guys. Not that I have any issue with elder pe- elderly people. I do. I, was... I love
1: elderly people, but they shouldn't be leading anything. They should be leading the charge at church, or I don't know, at the at the cafeteria to go get tapioca pudding or whatnot. But not the country because when they make a mistake they're gonna die they don't have to reap the consequences
0: we do we do
1: so yeah just saying i'm I'm also just going to say that if you go look at the founding fathers go find me a founding father who started this whole country uh and was even half of one of these senators age you can't because they weren't
0: they were all in their 30s and 40s and some of them younger alexander hamilton yeah. was barely 20.
1: Uh-huh. so um hell hell these, these these people the other thing is these people i think they know that they're incompetent hell diane feinstein
0: no <laughs> oh, god don't, don't 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 get me started on feinstein
1: power of attorney but still run still be in government how is that even legal i'm not competent enough to make decisions for myself but I am confident enough to make decisions for y'all. What?
0: And it's not even so much that, I don't think she's even aware, to be honest. This is elder abuse, just just like it is with Depends, okay? It's the same thing because there are very powerful people who still are at least in some possession of their faculties, though it's questionable exactly how much possession, um, but more so than she, or say Fetterneck, um, or some of these Especially other Fetterneck's
1: clone, because that ain't Fetterneck. <laughs>
0: no, um, he's
1: got a whole different face. That ain't him.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so there's a whole like Game of Thrones situation going on with the whole Feinstein situation.
1: My like Hunger Games. I don't want
0: to. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get into all that that's not the point of the show um no anyway so DARPA shows up at Black Hat and DEFCON which I mean the entire premise is that these are Black Hat hackers coming together along with security professionals who are considered White Hat you know
1: Although I'm gonna be honest with you it was pretty tame I don't know that a lot of Black Hat hackers still go to Black Hat <laughs>
0: It, it it seems like it would be um an easy way to round them up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like Yeah, I don't know that they go to Black Hat anymore. I think a lot of them don't. I think it's just security personnel and uh Fed and actually the Fed are the scariest ones of the whole group, but that's for a whole other reason. You know. Luckily I don't have any dogs for them to shoot, so um you know.
0: Anyway, so yeah, they have this this new program uh, called AIXCC, which we referenced earlier, that will basically pay, it, it's funded to a total of $20 million to be paid out over the next few years.
1: Hey, I wonder if we uh ask very much nice, maybe the people of hawaii will submit some stuff and then they'll actually get some aid
0: huh. maybe
1: may or you know what it is they should just change their flag to be blue and yellow and then maybe the resident will mistake them and send the money there
0: <laughs> maybe so you hey, know half blue half strategy. yellow um yeah.
1: hey babylon b i just wrote you a story
0: <laughs> for real um, so yeah it, we talked about this earlier It's it seems kind of dumb um, okay. foxes and hen houses that sort of thing to, hey, ask, Thief, to I, ask
1: I would like to keep you out of my jewelry store can you tell me how to keep you out of the jewelry store yeah hide the key under the mat Um, make sure all of your windows are not bulletproof and You should only have one security guard. Yeah, not shatter resistant. You should only have one security guard. And And uh, make sure he's asleep. Yeah, go ahead and put him to sleep. And you don't need cameras. That's just a waste of money. Um, Yeah, I think that'll do it. That'll keep me out. Oh, okay, okay. Let go do all this stuff. And I can't wait for them to be shocked when (laughs) all of my diamonds were stolen. But I asked how to keep them out. (laughs) stupidest idea I can't even
0: it yeah
1: your your stolen money called taxes is paying for this so that some idiot in the think tank in DC can come up with the idea of like hey let's go ask the diamond thieves how to keep the diamond thieves out
0: well I mean that, that was the whole premise of having former hackers do security wasn't it yeah you know people like um uh mitnick kevin mitnick who was well known 30 years ago as one like easily one of the most high profile hackers in the history of hacking um was one of the fathers of a social engineering based attack like phishing for instance um so He knew how to help people defend against those sorts of things. Now we have this concept called digital hygiene, where say you're working in a major corporation or even a small business. You have an IT department, okay? And then you get this random email asking for say your MS 365 login. Check with your IT department before you go ahead and enter those credentials. Or, you know, check the from line, given those things can be spoofed a little bit, but check the from line. If it doesn't look like it's legit from Microsoft or from your IT department, probably don't open it.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, most of the ones that I see... They don't even bother to change the from address. It, it the the auto response name will be like Microsoft Support, and then the email will be like you know Ganesh at I'm an Indian Hacker dot net. I mean, <laughs> the whole, huh? Uh, and the Microsoft logo colors will be out of order. Um,
0: or it'll be an old logo.
1: Yeah, old logo, something of that nature. Uh, the English is, is not correct. The spelling's wrong. Font size is weird.
0: Capitalization's off, you know, Yeah. just simple stuff. Yeah. Relatively speaking.
1: And then you get the targeted fishing, which is, well then that's when it, it actually gets good. But for this broad net stuff, we're talking about your lowest common denominator scammer. Okay. Lowest common denominator scammer. Um, not even a room temp IQ kind of dude. Or girl, they scam too, but most of the time it's dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it this, on on one hand, it sounds like a decent idea. On the other, it's like, you realize who you're dealing with, right? Government? Yeah.
1: No, they don't realize anything. They're too busy keeping Joe in his playpen.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. It's... This seems like a really bad idea. Bottom line. And now we get into something that will get Connor really fired up. Because he was really fired up over it this morning. iOS 17 and slide loading.
1: Okay, so... uh, You don't even have to read the damn article. I'll tell you about it. Okay, so while back the eu passed something called the digital marketplace act of the dma which basically required big tech and any type of tech firm who wants to do business in the eu they have to allow third-party marketplace apps on your their platforms you cannot have a monopoly over applications on your platform now android this is no problem you've been able to sideload since it was founded basically yep You can just do it okay there's no geo restrictions nothing it's just you want an app you can put it on the on android
0: it may be chock full of malware but you can do it
1: but you can do it uh, ios has not been the case okay it just hasn't um and this was telling them you guys have to allow this and apple has always said that if we do this then we're going to open our platform up to privacy issues which we're we're going to pause on that statement alone for just a second privacy issues the whole operating system is a privacy issue um so that's a moot point there's not really much privacy (laughs) on on any modern day stock phone anyway so that's a moot point apple so but security wise just a
0: second so the the metaphor that i've used in the past for apple is that they jealously guard Everything but your back door The back of the house may not May as well not exist Because they're going to go raid your fridge Constantly You agreed to it Nobody else can have access But they can Any old time Okay go ahead
1: That's pretty accurate actually Anyways Yeah so that's that's a moot point Security-wise, yeah, the platform is fairly secure. But because of the way that it's set up, really, it's no less secure to have side loading apps if you approach the problem correctly, okay? But they're not. They're not going to approach the problem correctly. They're not going to say, okay, we have to sideload. But we can do like a thing like what Google does, and you'll have to get it signed, Um, But we're going to take it a step further, and if you want to sideload, you have to sign it by us, and we're going to scan your stuff. And before we issue you this string that will let you sideload it, we're going to scan your stuff. They don't do that. No. They do something like that, but it's for money. So you still got to pay, if you're a developer, to get your app this sideloading signature that allows the iPhone to run it. They're going to bury the setting to enable this deep in the settings, and then they're going to put a bunch of scary messages on it to discourage you from turning it on to begin with. But it gets even crazier. This is they spent millions on lawyers to get this done so that they comply to the absolute letter of the law. That should be understood as as minimal compliance as possible. So, here's how they're doing one. They're gonna check the the serial number on your device. It has to be a European device. So if you're a European citizen and you come over to the US, you buy an iPhone and then you go back to your country and you pay the VAT tax, all the taxes. So it doesn't matter. The cost at this point ends up being the same, sometimes more, you've done your due diligence but you bought a phone in America. So you're not gonna be able to sideload. You're just not. You have to buy an EU phone, so that in and of itself is a problem. Then, they take it a step further. Like I said earlier, the developers of these sideload apps have to pay Apple to get this sideload signature. So that way, the phone will accept it. Then, on top of all of that, they take it a step further. Aha! The phone is going to periodically check your location to make sure that you're in a country that they have to let you sideload in. So we're gonna fast forward for a bit. Let's say that this comes out and you as a European citizen bought an iPhone from the, I don't know where store down the road. You paid for your European iPhone in Europe as a European citizen. You go, you find this app that's not on the app store. Perfect example is an emulator because Apple doesn't allow emulators on the app store. So you go and you pay money for an emulator so that you can play your perfectly legal and per- and purchased game on your iPhone. And then you decide to go on a trip. So you get into a plane and you come to America. Guess what? Because it's checking your location at random, that paid for emulator app isn't going to work because you're outside of the EU and now you're in America and even though you're a European citizen and you bought your phone in Europe and you have a European Apple account, and the developer paid the money so that way you could sideload it, doesn't matter. You're not in an EU country anymore. They're not going to let you sideload. They're not going to let you use that sideloaded app. It's going to go dormant.
2: Uh-huh. That
1: is the most lawyerish, minim- malicious compliance to the letter way to go about this. They could have very easily just said, okay, we, we've been legally required to do this. We're gonna take you a, 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 a Google approach on this. If you have a European account, or if you're a European citizen, or you just set your region to a European area, then the sideloading setting turns on and you can just sideload. That right there would have been what everyone wanted and what I think the law was actually asking for.
0: That would have been good guy Apple. Right. Right,
1: but they ain't doing that no they're going to be as maliciously compliant as possible and make sure that it is such a pain that nobody uses it (laughs) and that just drives me up the wall but then it gets worse now that they're being forced to allow sideloading in the EU they're now going back and they're extra looking for iCloud accounts that are using the current way to in effect sideload things. So if you're not aware, if you have an iPhone, there's a thing called Alt Store. You will need a MacBook to use it. So if you have a Mac laptop or an Apple, you just using an Apple computer. If you have an Apple computer and an iPhone, you can go install Alt Store server on your account, sign into your iCloud account, and then you'll get an alternative app store and you're allowed to go and pick out three, apps because you can only do up to four on the free license and then you can sideload four total apps i think it is might be five i can't remember and but you'll need to connect your phone to your mac once a week every week because every seven days that license has to be renewed and this alt server will handle all of the hard part for you but they've found out that iCloud accounts are doing this through log sending or something of that nature and uh, now they're going in hard banning and blocking iCloud accounts who are using Alt Store effectively and uh, all because they're pissy that they're being forced to sideload even though they're going to make money from the sideloading anyway
0: but of course <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely drives me crazy
0: Why should Apple let their walled garden be opened? From their perspective. Like, and this is why I give Connor a hard time for using iProducts. I've given him all sorts of mess over it, haven't I? Yeah. (laughs) Whenever it occurs to me, I do. But, it... You guys If you want freedom If you want privacy This is not the way to get it (laughs) And even de googled phones aren't Perfect Unfortunately
1: No Um, Uh, no. They talked about that at Black Hat
0: I I wish I could make that claim I can't But they're better
1: They're more free uh, essentially, the only way you can actually get true privacy on a mobile device to these days is it needs to be a dumb phone.
0: And even then, and it's he, reporting yeah. your location through triangulation. But say,
1: Even then, it's going to report your location through triangulation. So, yeah, really, you need a dumb phone and a Faraday cage. Like a Faraday cage pocket. Keep your dumb phone in your Faraday cage pocket. And uh, only pull it out when you need to make a call, and then put it right back.
0: And or have a host of burner phones, you know. There's that, but yeah. that's a that's an even bigger hassle because then you have to keep track of which people have which number, and uh, yeah, it's it's a nightmare when you go down that rabbit hole. But then the privacy situation as a whole is a nightmare, unfortunately. And we've, we as consumers have allowed it to become that way because we've allowed the Microsofts, the Googles, the Apples of the world to dictate to us, this is how it's going to be. And we go, okay, well, this is cool. This is convenient. Uh...
1: I have this cool app, and uh, it tells me where I am, or or where my uh, other Apple products are. Yep, that it does.
0: Bad How it how's it does it do that again?
1: Hell, I, I just I have an iPhone, okay, and I want I want to I want to explain something that I don't think a lot of people get, especially if you're an Android person. I was an Android person for 13 years. Um, Almost half his life. iOS um, has this thing, right? So if you go into the quick settings and you toggle Wi-Fi off, it's not actually off. In fact, you're not allowed to turn the Wi-Fi off from quick settings. You can tell it not to connect to a network, but the Wi-Fi is still on and still scanning uh, and it'll turn itself back on. It'll yep. tell you it's going to turn itself back on. It'll even give you a thing. Wi-Fi disabled until. If you toggle Bluetooth, it'll do the same thing. Uh, and this is because on the quick settings, you're not allowed to turn those those features off on iOS. And uh, no one made a fuss when Apple did that. So they just did that. And that's how, for the longest time, we had people getting you know a whole bunch of viruses and stuff airdropped to them because... Airdrop up until recently, the default was airdrop was available to everyone. So you could, if you had an iOS device, scan for the airdrops, and you'd see 400 some odd airdrop connection, and you could airdrop every single one of them, something malicious, and the phones would just happily take it, kind of like the Windows servers. The difference here is, is Apple was at least smart enough to know, oh yeah, that's probably a bad idea. So in the updates, they made it to where now it's just contacts, that's the default. You can airdrop to contacts but
0: which is a mixed still, bag too
1: but still because they have the contract tape tracing and all the other crap you still can't fully turn off your wi-fi or your bluetooth from quick settings you have to go into the settings and flip the switch for it to actually turn off and even then the wi-fi scanning and the bluetooth scanning are still taking place you cannot turn that that off it's not not a thing <laughs>
0: Isn't that just great?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, The closest you can come to turning those off fully is turn the phone all the way off. And even then, because of the the way that Apple security works, the phone is still sending emergency pings out.
0: It's never completely off. So,
1: unless the battery is dead and the phone is off, yeah.
0: It's going to be reporting on you. So, yeah. Androids do similar things. But it's easier to turn it off.
1: And even when you turn it off, it's not really off.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's where there needs to be a whole lot more funding and development done for Linux Mobile. Because it ain't ready. (laughs) Not by a long shot. Nah. Um... And, and the thing is,
1: is it had a it had a chance of getting ready and then conveniently everyone decided we're gonna go VoLTE as a requirement and we're not gonna we're not gonna make the manufacturers give out the blobs so that way you can get VoLTE working on open source things
0: uh-huh yeah so yeah it's it's a hot mess and Like, the best we can do in terms of a smartphone right now is, ironically, a Pixel with Graphene OS. I happen to sell them, but that's beside the point. The the bottom line here, guys, is I want to see as many of us move away from these abusive, megalomaniacal... uh, Let's see what other negative term I can use. Uh, Psychopathic. Sociopathic. There we go. Um, Megacorporations. Who see you as a data producer. Which they can farm. And then sell. To whoever their highest bidder is. Or can take and use to fuel their AI development.
1: Yeah, I really want to know how long it's going to be until uh, Apple decides that the terms and conditions for using FaceTime are the same of, of Zoom. How long?
0: That's a good question. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Security and privacy, a hot mess. Um, I, you know, I don't want to... Depress anybody That's not my desire I also am not one who's into fear But we need to be aware Of these abuses And Take whatever steps we can To mitigate against them That's the point And that's what tech freedom is about That's what Ultimately cybersecurity should be about Because it's about Keeping people who don't have shouldn't have rights to your data away from it unfortunately big tech thinks that it has the right and through the end user license agreements that we've all signed in order to start using those platforms and tools um yeah they do right all right, so yep. that pretty much wraps it for today um and you know thank you everybody who watched who listened um don't ever forget let's go brandon um you can follow me on telegram uh, t dot me slash tech underscore freedom or you know Find me on Rumble or the podcast, any podcast app. Um, You can email me, media at techfreedom.pro. The music that's been in the background the whole time, Warzone by Anna Domini Beats. I was joined by my good friend Connor. Um, Be sure to like the video, subscribe, share, comment, all that good stuff. And I will see you guys next round.